Hello there, and welcome to the Marginalia Daily Readings Podcast. We do this to come alongside you in your daily Bible reading and prayer, and you can always find our readings and short prayers at newcitysensi.org slash social. Today is Maundy Thursday, April 9th, and my name is Josh Rotano. Our scripture readings for today are Psalm 148, Lamentations chapter 2, verses 10 to 18, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 14 to 17, and chapter 11, verses 27 to 32, and then our gospel reading is Mark chapter 14, verses 12 to 25. And I want to talk to you a little bit uh, about Mark 14, the Last Supper, which then becomes for Christians the first of many, many, many Lord's Suppers. And I can't talk about everything, but I want to read a little bit and just start commenting and and start with verse 17, which says, And when it was evening, Jesus came with the twelve. So it's night now, and we're in the upper room. The scene has been immortalized in a number of famous paintings, most of which depict the disciples sitting serenely around the table. You know, we spot Judas. He's the shifty-eyed one who looks like he's up to no good. But a more accurate depiction of the meal, at least as Mark would have us see it, would be to paint each of the disciples with a look of horror on their face. This is an atmosphere, Mark tells us, of sorrow and worry. Jesus is talking about being betrayed. He's describing his body broken, his blood spilt. This is not a carefree, small talk, table conversation. The Irish punk band U2 probably gives us a better picture. They have a song called Until the End of the World, which looks at this scene through the eyes of Judas. Haven't seen you in quite a while. I was down the hole just passing time. Last time we met was a low-lit room. We were as close together as bride and groom. We ate the food. We drank the wine. Everybody having a good time except you. You were talking about the end of the world. I took the money. I spiked your drink. You miss too much these days if you stop to think. You led me on with those innocent eyes, and you know I love the element of surprise. In the garden, I was playing the tart. I kissed your lips and broke your heart. You, you were acting like it was the end of the world. It's a dark, dark scene. Jesus announces that he's going to be betrayed. Verse 18, as they were reclining at the table and eating, Jesus said, Truly I say to you, one of you will betray me. And then in case they don't get it, he narrows the field. One who is eating with me. They began to be sorrowful and say to him, One after another, is it I? Jesus said to them, It is one of the twelve, one who is dipping bread into the dish with me. For the Son of Man goes as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would be better for that man if he had not been born. The closeness of the betrayer makes the deed all the more awful. The betrayer is one, Jesus says, one who is eating with me, one of the twelve, one who is dipping bread in the dish with me. Table fellowship had more significance for Jews in the first century than simply a social gathering. Eating together was evidence of peace, trust, forgiveness, brotherhood. Jesus was being betrayed by a confidant, partner in ministry, close friend. Have you ever been betrayed by somebody, co-worker, friend, 
even worse, a family member, a spouse. I know some of you have. Take comfort, friends. You have a high priest in Jesus Christ who understands. Verse 22, as they were eating, he took bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to them and said, take, this is my body. Now you have to know this is a Passover meal. Jesus is acting as the presider over the meal, and so he breaks the bread and blesses it. And then the presider would typically say something like this. This is the bread of affliction, which our fathers ate in the land of Egypt. In other words, as we eat this bread, we're remembering now the suffering of our ancestors. We eat unleavened bread because they had to flee Egypt in such haste that they didn't have time for the bread to rise. They suffered as they did so that now we could experience deliverance. But notice, Jesus breaks from tradition. He does not say the normal words. He blesses the bread just like normal. He breaks it and distributes it just like normal. But then he says, this is my body. This is the bread of my affliction. I'm going to suffer so that you can be delivered. And do you see what Jesus is doing? The Exodus story was the defining event for the Hebrew people. It was a picture of God's salvation. It's a picture of God's love for his people. He rescued them. He saved them. The Jews always went back to the Exodus as proof of God's love. But now Jesus says there's even a greater event, a greater liberation. My death, he says, is the definitive event in the history of the world. It's now the proof of God's love. It's the means of liberation, the way to victory. There is nothing bigger, nothing more central, nothing more important to your health and happiness and wholeness than the death of Jesus. It is most simply the most important thing that has ever happened. Verse 23, he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and they all drank of it. And he said to them, this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for the many. Now, what is that all about? Jesus referring here to blood and a cup and then drinking it. It's pretty gory unless you're like a Twilight fan, right? This could gross you out. But Jesus isn't the first one to talk about blood and the necessity of the shedding of blood for the forgiveness of sins. Blood and blood sacrifice are everywhere in the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, referring to the Old Testament. The writer of Hebrews says, indeed, under the law, everything is purified with blood. Again, we should remember, this is a Passover meal. In Exodus, you might remember the people of God, right, were to take the blood of a lamb and smear it above their doorposts. And then when the angel of death passed over the land, the angel would spare those who had taken shelter under the blood. But again, Jesus says, this is my blood. You see, again, he's reorienting the story around his own work, his own death. We are saved when we take shelter under the blood, but under the blood of this lamb, the lamb of God, who's come to take away the sin of the world, even Jesus Christ himself. And you see, this is why the Lord's Supper is such an important part of our worship together. Some of you know the Lord of the Rings. And toward the end, uh, Pippin, who's one of the hobbits, is standing at the gate of the fortress. And the gate's been broken And the demon king is about to come in and destroy all the people inside the fort. And just as it looks like they're done for, 
Pippin hears a horn in the distance. And the king of Rohan comes, and he rides to his death, but he saves the city. And from then on, whenever Pippin hears a horn blowing in the distance, he bursts into tears. Whenever he heard a horn blowing in the distance, he got a tangible reminder of his salvation. Now, going through his life, he always knew that he was alive because the king had come and died for him. But when the horn blew, he knew it in a deeper way. The Lord's Supper is your horn blowing in the distance because the Lord's Supper helps you. You who who know that Jesus Christ has died so that you could be set free, it helps you to know the significance of his death in a deeper way. That's why the Lord's Supper is so important, and that's why we miss it so much when we're prevented from worshiping together during this period of quarantine. So here's a question for you to consider today. How does this story, how does Maundy Thursday stoke your longing to come to worship again and to take the Lord's Supper with your people, with God's people? And then what is it going to be like? What is it going to feel like when you finally get to do it? See if you can talk about this today with a friend somebody from your community group, a family member, text them, call them, share this podcast with them. And let's close today by praying together. Lord Jesus, our hearts brim with longing today. We long for one another. We long for the day when we might gather again as your body around your table of grace. We long for your table spread out for us in this wilderness where we will feast upon the abundance of your house and drink from the river of your delights. We long for you, for your presence that is ours in the supper. It is your body broken, your blood poured out that strengthens our hearts and satisfies our thirst. But until the day of our joyous reunion, teach us to lament this absence in our lives. Teach us to long for you, for your church, for your kingdom, and for the day of your coming again. We pray this now in the name of him who is the bread of heaven and the cup of salvation. Amen. Make sure and tune in to our YouTube channel tonight at 7 p.m. Some of our musicians will lead us in some music. And then tomorrow night at 7 p.m. also for our live stream Good Friday service. Thanks for listening. Go in peace.